Hey everyone, we continue our read through of the New Testament. Today we are in 2 Peter chapter 2. Peter has just laid out the glorious realities that we have in the beloved Son, Jesus Christ, who he saw as an eyewitness and the glory therein and all of the truths found in him, Peter saw firsthand. But Peter demonstrated that the more sure word, the more um, perfect word, that gives us the realities of the glorious truths of Christ is the perfect word itself. The perfect word which comes through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. It is indeed the word of God which is testified of the fullness that we have in the Son. And now Peter turns his attention against those who would seek to pervert the word of God, false prophets and false teachers. I'm going to read the whole chapter and... um, very uh, interesting chapter with some really unique concepts within it, but uh, I think the overall message is very clear. But false prophets also arose among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them, bringing upon themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their sensuality, and because of them the way of truth will be blasphemed. And in their greed they will exploit you with false words, Their condemnation from long ago is not idle, and their destruction is not asleep. For if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell, and committed them to chains of gloomy darkness, to be kept until the judgment, if he did not spare the ancient world, but preserved Noah, a herald of righteousness, with seven others, when he brought a flood upon the world of the ungodly, if by turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to ashes he condemned them to extinction, making them an example of what is going to happen to the ungodly, And if he rescued righteous Lot, greatly distressed by the sensual conduct of the wicked, for as that righteous man lived among them day after day, he was tormenting his righteous soul over their lawless deeds that he saw and heard. Then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trials and to keep the unrighteous under punishment until the day of judgment, and especially those who indulge in the lust of defiling passion and despise authority. Bold and willful, they do not tremble as they blaspheme the glorious ones, Whereas the angels, though greater in might and power, do not pronounce a blasphemous judgment against them before the Lord. But these, like irrational animals, creatures of instinct, born to be caught and destroyed, blaspheming about matters of which they are ignorant, will also be destroyed in their destruction. Suffering wrong as the wage for their wrongdoing, they count it pleasure to revel in the daytime. They are blots and blemishes, reveling in their deceptions while they feast with you. They have eyes full of adultery, insatiable for sin. They entice unsteady souls. They have hearts trained in greed, accursed children forsaking the right way. They've gone astray. They've followed the way of Balaam, the son of Beor, who loved gain from wrongdoing, but was rebuked for his own transgression. A speechless donkey spoke with human voice and restrained the prophet's madness. These are waterless springs and mists driven from by a storm. For them, the gloom of utter darkness has been reserved for speaking loud boast of folly. They entice by sensual passions of the flesh those who are barely escaping from those who live in error. They promise them freedom, but they themselves are slaves of corruption. For whatever overcomes a person to that, he is enslaved. For if after they have escaped the defilements of the world through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome. And the last state has become worse for them than the first. For it would have been better for them never to have known the way of righteousness than after knowing it to turn back from the holy commandment delivered to them. What the true proverb says has happened to them. The dog returns to its own vomit, and the sow, after washing herself, returns to wallow 
in the mire. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So a characteristic feature of ancient testaments was the warning of deceivers and deviants to come. And Peter cautions that just as there were false prophets in Israel, so too will there be and already is false teachers in the church. And these false teachers deserve the just punishment that they will receive in time. Right? These individuals are those who have proclaimed Christ. They have sought to stand in the place and teaching of Christ, but by pra- teaching and practicing immorality, they despise the lordship of Christ, which is why he says that they deny the master who bought them, right? This is here talking to the reality that Peter's concern is that the responsibility of the false teachers here demonstrates that they, while claiming to know Christ and preaching Christ, their whole life denies him, rejects him, and shows anything but him. These are people who are given over to greed and sensuality, and they will receive their just condemnation. And then, for the rest of the letter, Peter's words here really and and almost remarkably parallel the teaching of Jude. And perhaps Jude's words were influenced by Peter's or or vice versa. Um, But this was clearly a major issue within the church. And both of these leaders, these Christian leaders, utilize these examples uh, through the Holy Spirit who's inspiring them to do so, to write clearly these examples of judgment and the just condemnation that God will give to those who, who live lives of lawlessness and disobedience, and examples of God's perfect mercy and grace for those who practice righteousness, those who, so those he protects in the midst of the judgment on the wicked. Instead of focusing in the final condemnation of the wicked, as Jude does, though, Peter adds a little bit more emphasis on God's capacity to save the righteous. So, for instance, God did not spare rebellious angels uh, or the ancient world of Noah or the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, right? But he does maintain and keep Noah and his family. He keeps Lot. Why? Because they are faithful and they are obedient, right? And this is the reality. God will keep those who remain faithful to him. That is the picture. The God's keeping and our faithfulness, they go hand in hand. God's keeping produces our faithfulness. Our faithfulness is a sign of God's keeping. So those two things go hand in hand. Whereas those who who are given over to the world, who go after wicked things, they will receive the just penalty, the justice of their wickedness. The indictment of the intruding teachers continues with reference to their arrogance, blasphemy of angelic beings, those who are portrayed as those who have brought the law from God to man uh, throughout the scriptures. They are brazen, caressing, and and acting as if they will never ever be held to account. The writer draws on scripture and a vivid range of metaphors and similes to portray the false teachers as apostates, Worse off than non-believers themselves. He says it would be better if they had never known, never even heard of the way of righteousness because their blasphemy actually makes them worse than they were before. 
because now they're even under more severe judgment. And this is the nature of judgment itself, right? All sin is deserving of judgment, right? All, anytime we fall short of the glory of God, that is deserving of a just penalty. Nevertheless, there are different levels of judgment. Judgment increases as one's knowledge of the light increases. And so if someone who has been around church their whole life, heard the gospel thousands of times, heard the truth of Christ thousands of times, continues to rebel, mocks Christ, lives a life of total disobedience in light of the clear truths that has been revealed before them, they will face harsher judgment. Why? Because the burning of their conscience will be far greater. Because the knowledge of God was put to them, the the knowledge of the light of Christ was put before them over and over again, and for all eternity, they will face the judgment. And part of the searing of their conscience will be the fact that it was so readily available and knowable to them, and they suppressed that truth and unrighteousness anyway, as opposed to those who still are sinners, still deserving of judgment, uh, but were not given the accessibility of the light, the knowledge of righteousness, as were others. And so there are degrees of the manner of judgment based upon an individual's suppression of the truth. Greater suppression of the truth leads to greater judgment. All suppression will receive judgment, but there is a greater and intensification of the judgment as there is a greater knowledge of the truth and a suppression of it. And that is what this text is all about. And the primary call here in all of this is the reality that we as Christians are to stay faithful. We are to be prepared for false teachers and recognize them as they come. And we are to be for Christ. Our lives should be marked out for Christ. Does our lifestyle denote one who follows Jesus? Does our life match our words? I love what it says here in verse 12. But these, like irrational animals, creatures of instinct, born to be caught and destroyed, blaspheming about matters of which they are ignorant, will also be destroyed in their destruction. You see, in the creation... Man was made in the image of God. Man was made to know God and to be in relationship with God. And that is what set him apart from the beast of the earth. And so when man rebels against that calling to know and be in relationship with God, the only thing left for man to be is just a beast of the earth. And so they act beastly. Another way, in other words, the only way to be marked out in our true humanity is to experience and to live in light of what humanity was created for. The knowledge of and relationship with the triune God of heaven. May we embrace that calling and live faithfully in light of him who purchased us by his blood, who redeems us and sanctifies us daily, and who keeps us in spite of the wickedness around us. What a great God he is. May we never abandon him and look solely to him for our security, assurance, and salvation. God bless.